Holy Spirit, would you just come now? I want to hear your word. Hear what you've got to say to us, Lord. Pray on our hearts. Help us to own our minds, our understanding. Come speak to us. Holy Spirit, that we might be challenged. God, we might be changed. And God, we might live differently. God, come to us right now. Holy Spirit, just hover over us right now. Just rest on us as a people, Lord. We love you. We sung our praise, our worship, adoration to you. We thank you. And we welcome you now to come and speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, they talk about church being a place of confession. So I'm going to confess. It's nothing too serious, don't worry. Don't panic. You don't need to close your ears or anything. I had the privilege this week with uh, Justin and uh, John Botsford. We had the opportunity to go out to Bedford to hear a guy called Randy Clark. Now, to some of you, that may mean something. To others, that may mean nothing. Uh, Randy Clark is a man that God used and uh, does use, particularly in signs, wonders, miracles. And uh, some years ago, over 12 years ago now, there was a move of God called, kind of got labelled the Toronto Blessing, and kind of went global out of Toronto, and many were affected by it, and God used Randy Clark in that being initiated and started. It was a Randy Clark's visit on Father's Day to Toronto Vineyard, Airport Vineyard, where God broke out in amazing signs, wonders, miracles, and power. And uh, so it's great to have the opportunity to go. I always go to these things and I don't go just because I want to hear a guy. Because I can spend my life traveling the world trying to get listen to and get to see guys like that that God uses. And I don't want to just do that because I want to be one of those guys and actually go into his church to be like that. Not just individuals, but actually his church. And so I don't want to just do that, but it's a great opportunity and something stirred in me. Uh, it was John that mentioned it to me first, and I uh, kind of saw the message, I kind of saw it instead, I thought, yeah, I've got to go to that. And um, I mentioned it to Justin, just said, oh, I think I went to that, and I said, well, can I went. Um, so I, 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 I want something from you, I don't want to just go and attend, and listen to a good guy who's got endless stories of amazing things. I mean, you could sit and listen to it for days, I'm sure, I mean, he just... I mean, he just can't help himself. It just spills out of him. But when I was talking, he referred to himself as a postman. And he said, look, I'm nobody. I'm nothing special. It's all from God, for the church, for his people. I'm just a delivery guy. I'm just the one that brings it. God's just chosen me to be a delivery guy for this stuff. So you put your order in with God. You tell God what you want, and I'll deliver it. So I kind of sat there thinking, well, that's great, I'm up for that. So I, I just sat there and God, I said, God, I want to be a carrier of your glory. Now, that's too big to ask. Um, sure, God wants to do that. So that's kind of what I was praying. When I was 
looking eyes. And when we prayed that kind of prayer, I was sat there slowly kind of, hands were kind of shaking more and more, trying to kind of keep myself in check. And I'm kind of doing a bit of embarrassment to anybody to myself. Um, so I'm kind of just keeping it under check and everything. And I saw this, he starts to listen. Maybe you understand your words, okay? You may start to feel emotional, well, start to weep. You may be shaking and you may to go be shaking for a while. So, uh, this is okay, God's here. And, uh, I really kind of get an opportunity for those people who are sensing God and God doing something to kind of go out to the front and, or stay out the front of So I kind of hold off for a while. And you get to a point with God where you can hold off no more. You can kind of sit back a bit, you can hold back a bit, but you can't hold off forever. And end. I've tried this once before and it didn't work, so I ended up, so I might as well just go and join this queue. And so I'm halfway down the line and I kind of just stood there, and you kind of think, you know, well, I'm kind of nobody in the midst of 450 odd people, 500 people, I'm the nobody in the midst of this. Who am I? And I'm just stood there, gently shaking, just, okay, God, I'm here, just whatever you've got, I want to receive, right here. And of course, time is running out, I'm supposed to finish about four, this is quarter four, so you're thinking, if I'm going to get something, you better hope, God, because this is over soon. And uh, so I kind of go through all those emotions and all this kind of stuff going on. And uh, sorry, he's praying and he's prophesying other people, speaking things over them. All sorts of people. But of course, you kind of thought, well, it's only happening down the front because that's the only place he can get because the crowd are in. He can't move anywhere. And I sorry, hear him say, God, I'm in a great shirt at top. And I kind of thought, well, God, I love um, is it me? Not sure. So I kind of opened my eyes a bit, walked around to see if I had a grey top. Kind of looked at him and he was pointing out and he was pointing out at me. And I'm thinking, oh, so I kind of pointed back and what, me? It's kind of like, you And uh, I said, put your arms up in the air because the glory of God's going to come on you. I thought, well, I'm going to get exactly what I asked for. So I just went for it. So I kind of flew around and flew around and flew back. I came for. I ask you, how often do you come and you get what you came for? You see, God's a God who wants to give us what we come for. If we come hardly, if we come ready, if we come out to something of God, willing to receive of God, we can get what we came for. So when we come expecting nothing, wanting nothing, we just come out and fulfilling kind of what we're supposed to do. We go to church on Sundays because we're Christians. Actually, if we come with an expectation and a desire, we can go home having got what we came for. So I'm encouraging this. My confession is this. Now, when I listened to Randy Clark, I realised I had this thought and this kind of understanding in my mind that needed changing. And the thought was, and I preached it, I included it in my preach from the front here, that is, I, be, I can believe there was an encounter with God that changes everything. And when I still believe there is an encounter, I don't believe it's just one anymore. He told the story of when he first prayed for Heidi Baker. Now, some of you may or may not know Heidi Baker, but again, powerfully used by God. Um, was a missionary in Mozambique for years, so nothing happened. Nothing happened for years. She goes to Toronto. Randy Clark prays for her. Suddenly, revival breaks out all over Mozambique. 
She's raising the dead. She's seen miraculous signs and wonders. All sorts are happening. Planted thousands, or planted many churches and seen thousands saved. Personally, he said, he said, I've prayed for her five times, and every time I've prayed for her, there's been increase. So I kind of scrapped my idea this one encounter that changed everything. There's an encounter, a beginning encounter, that yes, maybe changed everything, but there's more encounters to be had that give the increase. That increase what God's doing in our and through our lives. I'm kind of saying, okay, God, I'm glad I've changed that one. I want more. So what are my expectations? Do you want more? Yes. I want more. So let's ask God for more, shall we? Can we just pray that? Just mind just ask God for more because you can go home today having got what you came for I believe it can Lord we want the more that you've got for us Lord I pray you will stir up within us a hunger and a thirsting for more of you Lord I pray you'll stir up within us Lord that whenever we're together whenever we gather together that you will impart to us and give to us. That Lord, we don't just come to worship on a day on which we do on earth day, but God, actually, that you want to interact with us and give us things. You want to give us gifts. You want to enhance our lives. You want to bless our lives. You want to pour out your grace, your mercy, and your gifts upon us. And so, Lord, I want to pray, would you stir us up? Because we want more of you. We want the more of God. Lord, not for ourselves. This is that we might see your kingdom come. Lord, we might see your glory fall. Lord, I want to say, Lord, whatever, I've got, I want to be a carrier of your glory more and more, Lord. Thank you for what you did, but I want more. I want more. I want more of your glory. I want to carry more of your glory. That wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, people know it. They're in the presence of the glory of God. Not because of me, because of you. Lord, so I pray, I promise as a church, pray for us, Lord, would you give us more? Would you give us more, Lord? Even this morning, Lord, would you give us more? I pray in Jesus' name. You just ask. You just ask. Now, you ask, what do you want from God? What is it you want? Just ask him. Just ask him now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come to us. Stir us, Lord, stir us. More and more, Lord, stir us. I want more encounters, more encounters with you, God. Come and help us, Lord. Come and help us, God. Pray. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, that has absolutely nothing to do with what I was going to preach. <laughs> but I just stirred by God this morning. And um, but I just briefly look. I did kind of try to do this a while ago. I was going to preach on the gift of discernment. And the reason we need to discern is because we have an enemy out there. We, we've got three enemies, actually. The world, the flesh, and the devil. You know that? The world was trying to entice us and to attract us with things and to get our attention and draw us away from God. Much outside the world, peer pressure, outside forces that come against us, that want to distract us and take us away from the three things that God's got for us and the purpose of God in our lives. To take us away from his purpose and uh, what he wants to do. There is a flesh. And of course, we all have our own flesh. We all have our own vulnerabilities, don't we? We all have them. David could say, I know I've seen. I've seen his eyes before. I know the areas 
believe it is where Satan would seek to himself in our own flesh. Call desires things. And Paul talks about them being the desires of the flesh. And he lists them in Galatians 5. That, uh, you know, we lust and drunkenness and uh, witchcraft and all these things are cast as desires of the flesh. They come from within their things that are in us that God seeks to change and we need to deal with before God. And then we have the devil and his realm that is very cunning, very sneaky, just as kind of Christmas shown his testimony. Sometimes we have to understand where things are coming from. We need God to show us, we need that revelation of where is that coming from that's coming against me. Because it's kind of not tangible. It's the unseen realm that's working against and that works through people sometimes, works through circumstance and situation. But it can just even be any something happened that's just somehow dampens our spirit. It just gets to us. We can't explain it away. Somehow we come out of something. There's a cloud, there's something on us that uh, we need to break out of and we're not even sure what it is. And it's that also around the place of where the enemy comes in. So the first two are easy. Wherever they come from, it's also around this a little bit different. So we need to discern and understand as Chris Corley said, we have one who comes to, to destroy and to steal away and to rob us of what God's got for us. And he says he's a liar from the start. And we need to know that. We need to be aware of that because we can't fight an enemy. It's hard to fight an enemy you don't see, isn't it? And you don't, you can't, it's kind of not tangible. If you've got a real enemy before you, a real enemy, you might be terrified of it and you might think, oh my God, I'm going to fight that. But when it's the unseen thing, and you, can't, you don't know where it's coming from. It's really hard to fight and to stand against it. So we need that spirit of discernment. The Greek word for the gift of sin is diakris. And the word describes being able to distinguish or discern, able to judge or appraise a person, motives, a standard, a situation, an environment, having the ability to decide what is truth and what is not. What is right and what is wrong? It's careful distinction to identify what's the truth in this. What's the truth about this situation, this person? I've met many people and there's just something, as I've met on the streets and places, and there's just something that you get a gut feeling. Something's not quite right. Something going on, the way they talk, the way they are. And maybe that attitude, there's something not quite right, doesn't sit right with you. Maybe that's just the Holy Spirit. Kind of just making you aware something's not quite right here. And God wants us to have that ability. He's given us a gift that we can know and we can discern where things are coming from, where a person's at even. Sometimes there's some people you just don't want to be around because there's something so negative about them. There's something just makes you uncomfortable that you kind of, the sooner you get away, the better. Because it's sapping you of your life. It's sapping you of uh, energy. And uh, in the kind of corporate world, they call them hoovers. And they come and they suck up all the energy out of you. And uh, I went to this day once and talk about um, the art of being brilliant. And um, it was all about positive thinking, basically. 
is all about. But bear aware that there's people around you who will suck the life out of you if you allow them to. But that is true. There's no sense of that I could kill everybody. There are people like that. There are people who are just so negative all the time that you know, they're kind of, kind of angry people who won't help but don't really want your help. They just want somebody to sympathise with them all the time. And they never want to break free. So they sap the life out of you. They want to suck everything out of you they possibly can. And actually we need to just be aware of that and discern that. These hoovers that suck it out of you. God wants us to be wise. I don't understand these things, but we've got limitations, haven't we? We're limited how much we know, how much we understand. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us. And it says, actually, we can ask for wisdom, understanding, we can ask for these things. Like in prayer, it says, you know, ask, go get wisdom, go get understanding. We come together and we ask for it. Things we don't understand, we can ask God for. In Jesus, Chapter 1 verse 4, it says, if, there, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him, let him ask in faith without doubting, for the man who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So I come expecting, go to God expecting you get what you ask for. That's the thing to do, it's with faith we receive. First Thessalonians chapter five teaches us the responsibility of a Christian to be discerning, but examine everything carefully. It says, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. It's encouragement. Paul writes to the Thessalonians. Paul says, you know, beware what's good and what's not, and put away, deny it, turn away from it, abstain from it. Have nothing to do with it, because we can get enticed into things. And it can be bad for us when God's saying, actually, that's not a good thing for you. So again, John 4, verse 1, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We need to check these things out. Jesus also warned us about these things. In Matthew 24, uh, 24 and 25, it says, For false Christ, the false prophets, will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. To say, say, I've told you beforehand, we need to understand there are those who love to mimic what God does. Love to mimic, mimic real signs, wonders, miracles. Compare with angels of light, says, in the Bible, we need to be aware. And we need to discern these things. And particularly truth. You see, there's many... I mean, there's all talk at the moment, isn't there, about fake news. And what's the truth? You know, it started right in the early church, well before Donald Trump invented fake news. It started right back at the first church. There was fake truth. It took truth and twisted it. And that's why cults arose... And false prophets have arisen because they've taken some element, a bit of truth, and twisted it, and added to it, and added it something that is not what the Bible says. And they've been led astray and follow. It's just we need to be careful. 
that we're not bailed out by every wind of doctrine, but we get to the truth. That's why to read our Bible is really important. That's why to get into Scripture is really important. That we understand the truth, and the truth will set us free. So as Chris mentioned this morning, actually, Ephesians 6. Just Chris, you just picked up my message this morning. For we do not, this is Ephesians 6 verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, the scene, but against rulers and against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, the unseen world. That's where our battle is. It's not against necessarily what we see now manifest through flesh sometimes, but actually the battle is with the unseen realm. And that's why the only way we can discern that is by the Spirit of God. We can't do it with our natural eyes. Can't do it with our natural understanding. Only by God. Sometimes you've got to go with that gut feeling. Sometimes you've just got to know. It's not right. Something not right here. And then ask. Show me. What is it? What's not right? And I've prayed with people. And I just say something. And then you ask God. And he reveals something. You spin that around something. And the person very often will respond. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Because God's intervened. God's revealed something. To Peter. Again, Peter talks about these false prophets around. But false prophets also arose among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And when they agree, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation for our own God is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. We have to be aware. We live in a post-Christian world and post-modern society where everybody's truth is truth. Whatever you believe is true is true for you. And that's it. Can't be questioned. Can't be challenged. It's your truth. Others have to accept it. It's just your truth. And that's a lie and it's a deception. We need to get back to the word of God. There's the truth. That's where the truth is. And of course, if everybody's following their own truth, where on earth does that lead to? I've no idea. But it's not good. It's really not good. Actually, we follow the truth of the word of God. See, why did he say when we come to doing kingdom things? We need to say it over truth and we need to say it over kingdom activity. When we're ministering the kingdom, when we're seeking to advance the kingdom. And I'll just look briefly a quick story in uh, Mark 2, verses 1 to 12. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And this is where a sick man is brought to Jesus. I'll just read these few verses. And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at a, at a home. And all of them were gathered together. So there was no more room, not even at the door. And, when, and he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing him a paralytic carried by four men 
Although they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made a wing, they let him down on the bed with the paralytic, the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now we don't know any history about why this guy, this man was paralysed. Whether he was paralysed from birth, whether he had an accident, a sporting injury, whether it was an additional injury, we have no idea why this man was paralysed. Interestingly, Jesus discerned that actually this issue was not necessarily a physical ailment. It manifests in that way that he was sick and he couldn't walk, but actually, maybe because of when Jesus dealt with it, it was a sin issue. He was paralyzed because of sin, not because of a physical ailment. So Jesus didn't address the physical ailment, he addressed his sin. He discerned the root cause. And when we minister to our own, minister to others, it's helpful to discern and understand the root cause of what we pray about. Because we can pray more effective. I can remember listening to a guy who's praying for a living in a wheelchair, going to the front to pray for her. I just said to her, I can't pray for you. And she kind of looked at him a bit surprised. And said, because you're not going to be healed. Okay, because you don't like the fact that everybody's fussing around you and looking after you and taking care of you. You don't want to get out of that wheelchair. Because you think that's all going to stop and nobody will care anymore. And she wasn't healed. Because and she actually realised that. That's true, actually. And she wasn't healed. But now I need to the root cause. She never wanted to get out of that wheelchair. Because she liked the attention she got. Right, so Jesus addressed this man and said... Some of the sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And the Lord Jesus, perceiving, deciding, his spirit that they questioned within themselves, Jesus said, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or say, rise up, and... Now I tell you about a walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose immediately. Picked up his bed and went out before them all. And they were all raised and glorified God. It's a great story. Love the story. But it's really important. We discern. Not only what we're actually maybe dealing with in front of us actually what was around this unbelief this other questioning this other thing Jesus was aware spiritually in tune and discerning and Jesus dressed his sickness I've had back trouble three times really kind of bad back trouble I mean we all get maybe a few twinges especially as we're getting older get a few more twinges than I used to get but three times I've had a bad back. The first time I slept a disc, I was on the floor for two weeks, couldn't move, had to crawl upstairs and crawl around, couldn't do anything. And uh, it was pretty awful. The kids were really young. I can remember Emily was just a young baby and I was lying on the floor and picking her up and you know what you do, kind of playing because that's all I could do. I couldn't move anywhere else. And then she was sick right in my mouth. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Good fun. Um, 
took the stuff and took my leave for two weeks. Not the time I had kind of a certain kind of problem where it's so right, I was just walking in the gate one morning and I had to get some of the gauge before I went to work. I remember it was. Went to the gauge, rolled down the gauge and saw my back went. I kind of collapsed, managed to sit on my son's kind of back seat, which was quite low, sat there and I kind of got my kind of composure, got my breath down and I thought, oh, I think I'm all right. So I kind of got up and I thought, oh, I'll be all right, I'll go to work. Kind of went like John Wayne down to the car. And I got in the car, sat in the car, drove all the way to the office, sat there thinking, I can't move, I can't get out of the car. So I kind of the reception office is kind of right in front of me, so I laid in reception there. I kind of got the mobile out and I said, look, I'm sat, I'm sat in the car, this is going to look really loud. I'm sat in the car outside the office, window you can see me, but I can't get out of the car. So I'm going to have to go home. So I kind of went home, laid on the floor for another week. Because something happened to my back. But there was another time when I got a bad back. And I was being prayed for. And there was kind of lots of stuff going on at the time. I went through quite a difficult period of time in my life. Um, I actually was over Chesterfield planting. Chesterfield, lots of stuff going on. And uh, really kind of got this really bad back. And then somebody prayed for me but didn't pray about my back pain. But rebuked a spirit that was attacking me. And we built this little spirit of I don't know anything like it. It was like, as that prayer was prayed, a plug had been put out on my back, and the pound rolled away down both my legs and into the floor and went. And I was instantly free from all pain and discomfort. I could move fully. But it was, a, it was a spiritual issue. It was a spiritual attack. It wasn't a physical pain or problem with my back. It was a spiritual one, and it just completely went. I prayed for for healing. That probably wouldn't have happened. But the person praying for me discerned it was a spiritual thing. And uh, we need to just have that awareness. There are are spiritual things that affect our health. Not always, not every case, but sometimes. Two out of the three, one of them. Two of them was fine, one of them was not, not physical. It was a spiritual thing. And we have to be aware of that. And there's things that come against us. And we, it's discerning, where is this coming from? What's the root of this? What's the source of it? Is this because I've done too much exercise? Is this because I've overdone it? Is this because I was knocking too many walls down yesterday? Kind of my, my making today, carrying too many heavy things? But actually, we need to be able to discern. Is this spiritual or is this just a physical thing? God loves to heal both. It doesn't differentiate between the two, whether we heal it or not. It loves to heal all things. But we need to understand things come from different places. So, let's report because time's gone. The gift of the Son is for every believer. And his message is for for everyday living. To minister to kill Living on killing life, ourselves living on killing life and ministering to others. We need to live in that place. Paul is writing concerning spirituality. He says, desire the best gifts. Now, I don't know how you interpret that for yourself. I think it's the most appropriate gift for the situation you're in. That's the best gift. Why would I pray for healing? Well, actually, maybe deliverance that's necessary. Why would I discernment is what I need an understanding of the situation the root cause of the problem I just want to encourage us that's where we've 
this is kind of the last talk in this series that we've been doing on gifts of the Holy Spirit. This one, the one gift I didn't get to talk a while ago. But I encourage us that actually God is mobilizing us as a people. He's preparing us for what's to come. And I, I, just even since Ray Clark said on Monday, he said, he was kind of, he brought lots of literature and lots of stuff with him, and it all sold out in the kind of first break. Everything sold. And he said, I brought enough thinking that would be enough for everything I'm doing in the UK. And it had gone in the first break. And he said, there's a hunger here in this nation. There's a hunger here. I mean, he kind of, we were in Bedford, so he talked about Bedford, but we'd come from all over the country to Bedford. But he was saying there's a hunger here. And God's going to do it. God's going to meet it, because there's a hunger. I want to encourage us to be hungry for what God's doing. Let's be hungry for what God's about in these days. I mean, Steve's song this morning about just surrendering to Jesus. I think that's where it's at for us. Let's surrender to Jesus and let's get in line with what is he doing and let's do it. Let's get on board with him. And whatever you need this morning, you can go home with. Whatever it is you need, you can, you can go home with it. Because God's here to meet need. God's here to bless you. God's here to strengthen you. God's here to equip you to do the things of the kingdom. You believe that? Yeah. Do you want that? Well, how, my heart is that we're all together in this. This is not about one man. Days of one man ministry are well over. This is about the people of God rising up doing the things of the kingdom. Let's stand together.